Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. We have a theme this time on Citizen K. The theme is immigrating to a brand new country and finding your identity. I will share my exclusive conversation with CBC host and BuzzFeed writer Alamine Abdelmamoud about his memoir, Son of Elsewhere, a memoir in pieces. And we also chatted about his time here at CFRC when he was news director. Also along the theme, we'll hear stories from youth who recently immigrated to Canada through Immigrant Services Kingston and Area. I will share a few of those stories coming up shortly here on Citizen K. First up, a summer camp combining science, creativity, and adventure is back in person this year. Eco Adventure Camp is on this summer at the Elbow Lake Environmental Education Center. Eco Adventure Camp is run by the Queen's University Biological Station. I spoke with Camp Director Mel Kehoe and Councillor Hilary Fotheringham to discover what's included in this summer camp. This camp, it's it's not too far from, from home. It's close to Kingston. Uh, tell me a bit about what kids will get out of this program. Absolutely, yeah. The camp is themed around nature and biology and learning about different ecological concepts. So each week is themed surrounding a different concept. So we have a week on birds, bugs. We have one on adventures generally, one on fish and swimming. So kids can really come explore whatever they're most interested in. And we incorporate all sorts of outdoor activities on top of that, like canoeing and hiking. Well, and what's cool about a program like this is it's immersive in the sense that you know it's not just sitting in a classroom learning about nature you're actually there so explain a a bit more about that immersive experience totally um we're actually able to offer a really unique program that i don't think a lot of other summer camps in the area are able to offer um we're we're set at elbow lake which is um, about 35 minutes outside of kingston so we're on a lake we've got canoes and um, we've got a great area to, for kids to just be outside. Most of our programming is actually all outdoors, even the arts and crafts parts of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool program. Excellent, yeah. And uh, so in, in terms of stuff that will be learned, and, and, and so is it developed more of an appreciation uh, for nature while also getting the, the science behind it? Yeah, that's the idea. So we're hoping to blend together like the idea of science experiment learning. And so like we're blending that together with arts and crafts so that kids have the opportunity to learn and kind of explore the creative side of things. So we're blending science and creativity in that way, which is really cool. And like some kids can come from multiple weeks. So if they're, they're not sure what they're interested in, they can kind of use this as a way to figure out what exactly excites them about biology and nature. So there's a lot of freedom in terms of what the campers can choose to focus on. Now you're 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 both Queens students right now as well. Um, um, Hillary is, but I've already graduated. Okay, uh, okay. Well, th- tell me a bit about um, the program that you studied here and how it ties in with 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 running this camp. Okay, well, I'm in health sciences at Queens. I'm going into my third year, and a lot of the counselors that I work with are in biology or concurrent education, so they have a lot of experience with biology firsthand and with teaching. So my program's a little bit different in that I don't have those experiences, but I do feel like like I'm hoping to do something with kids in the future, even if it is in the medical field. So this kind of helps me like get those skills in terms of dealing with children and helping them out with different problems throughout the day. 
so yeah but a lot of the counselors that they do hire are in the teaching field which is awesome because they have those skills already yeah absolutely we um we hired based on um obviously if the the counselor was in a program that was applicable to camp but um, also all of our counselors are um have a lot of experience working with kids and we um we have a program that is very science related but it's also very adventure related and we want to make sure that these kids have a good time outside how long has this been running? Um, I think that Queens has owned uh, Elbow Lake since 2011. So I think that the camp has been running uh, since around there, yeah. Yeah, it has been, but the last two years have been virtual. So this is our first year back in person, which is super exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah, that must totally be so much more exciting for, for both the kids, but also for uh, the counselors, I would think. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to get to know all the kids. And I think that for a lot of talking to the parents, I think this is a lot of um, their first time going to camp in quite a while. So um, it ought to be a really interesting summer. Now, in terms of, uh, do, do you have you received a lot of feedback from, from kids and from parents from past years? Yeah, well, I mean, the past two years have run virtually. So I couldn't say that the camp has been super popular, but I think that all the parents and all the families that we've got registered right now are really excited for the camp to be in person. And like I said, um, our camp is very unique to the area, so I think that they're they're all getting really excited, and we're all hoping that they're going to have a great summer. Great, and uh, just going to the Eco Adventure website is the best place to to look at um, you know what's covered in the camp, and in terms of uh, registering. Yeah, absolutely. It's ecoadventurecamp.ca, and parents can go there and they can read more about camp. And we're still developing some parts of the website, but there's a lot of information that's already there. And they can read about different weeks and what their kids will be doing. Yeah. Yeah, and we've also got, um, we're also on social media. So we're on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Hillary and Mel, thank you so much uh, for sharing this today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having us. You are listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, cfrc.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. Host of the CBC podcast Pop Chat and culture writer for BuzzFeed News, Elamine Abdel Mahmoud was at Domino Theatre last week talking about his new book, Son of Elsewhere, A Memoir in Pieces. The book is a collection of essays on immigrating to Canada from Sudan at age 12, his experiences in Kingston, and finding his voice. He is also a Queen's University alumni, and he was news director right here at CFRC from 2010 to 2011. This is actually where our very insightful conversation began, as he spoke about his role as a news director, but also our place in news reporting and storytelling as a campus radio station. Your job as a news director at CFRC is to sort of examine the news landscape and see how CBC is covering something and see how CTV is covering something. And in the process, figure out what else is really important to people at a local level that people are not getting that coverage of. And uh, there's something really rewarding about that muscle, about exercising that muscle, because then you get to understand um, that there are a lot of stories that people are really invested in um, and they want to see investigated or heard or discussed um, at length 
and your role um, in a place like TFRC is to fill fill that need. It's you know filling a void. You know, as as we like to look at in the newsroom, a news desert, maybe an area. Uh, or a voice that is not getting heard, you know. Um, yeah. the, the major news outlets will cover a story, and it's also maybe the way that, that they would cover a story. Yeah. Um, the certain angle. Uh, tell me, uh, maybe give me an example of, of something you covered during your time at CFRC that stands out to you. I mean, I think, uh, you know, a news desert is a good way to think about it. Um, when we think about, I don't know, like a big, wide story that's, say, national, say a story like, like the housing crisis, like we're having a real housing problem in this country right now. Um, I think a news organization might be tempted to talk to some policy people, um, might be tempted to talk to um, some folks who are like, I'm having a real hard time buying a house right now. Like, that's, that's an interesting story. Someone should definitely cover that. But I think like, there is a sort of a deeper level, a more local level of activists who are trying to do something about that, um, who wouldn't necessarily get um, a voice on a major news story, um, or someone who's actually experiencing homelessness, who um, a news organization like a CTV might not necessarily be able to access them in the same way. Um, and CFRC might be just a little bit more plugged in because they might have access to the activists who can make that connection with someone who's like, this is the most specific articulate speaker about this specific issue. I think you get that expertise, but also that local, um, on the ground kind of level expertise and, and, and eye. And I think there's nothing that can replace that, especially with a story like housing. Like, you, someone goes, hey, there's a housing crisis, and that feels so amorphous and large, right? Like, how do you understand that? But you begin to understand it when you say, here's your neighbor and how they're being affected by this. And so that's, I think, a role like CFRC can fill. Can you give me an example of something that, that you covered that you that really stood out to you during your time? For sure. I think uh, an example that I return to a lot is um, this moment of these prison farms, right? So um, the the Kingston Pen and Collins Bay Penitentiary had these um, farms where people who were staying at Collins Bay Institution could work at these farms. The, the, it produced a lot of produce, um, but also it just was a, an opportunity um, for people who are incarcerated to uh, be in community with one another, to take care of um something as as precious as a farm um and when i was news director uh it was shut down uh, the prison farms were shut down and there was a protest of probably about f maybe 40 people 40 50 people who came out um and parked themselves in front of the road in front of Collins Bay institution um and they wouldn't leave because they didn't want um the prison farm animals to sort of be taken out um there wasn't that much interest in that story, to be honest with you. Not a, not a, not on a provincial level, not on a sort of national level. That wasn't that. I think CFRC was the kind of um, institution that is so perfectly placed to um, cover that story because a you could connect with um, the activists who were trying to you know blockade the prison farms, prison like farm animals from leaving. Um, but also, it's like we were just there before anybody else because nobody else was like, attuned to the fact that this protest was happening, so they didn't really understand the story. And I think that, to me, sort of crystallizes how um, a niche becomes a need. And and yes, a niche becomes a need. And you know, hearing these stories that maybe otherwise would never be heard in these perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, and now here you are. You've published a memoir, yeah. Son of Elsewhere. Um, I guess what I'm really curious to, to understand is when, when you first came to Kingston, you know, what was your first impression of this place? I think uh, my impression of this place was, boy, I sure don't speak this language. You know, that was the, 
that's where it all began, right? It sort of began at this place of, okay, I'm trying to like get, gather my way around this language, um, gather way around my way, the, gather my way around the fact that, uh, there's not that many people who look like me. Um, and just try to figure out how I will survive here because I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. And I just had to, had to sort of figure it out. Um, I was really grateful to the teachers that I had, the, to the students that I first met who I became friends with, but that took time, you know, that took time to sort of get to know my surroundings. Um, and I, my first impression though, was just, this is a, a big place and I'm going to get lost in it. And I'm so glad that I didn't. You, your identity, you talked about, you know, finding that uh, mm -hmm. in this new country. Uh, what, what really helped you? in that sense? A few things. So I, I, I would say that like at first, um, choosing to listen to new metal was like a bridge to, um, a lot of people. Like, Is that like Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Limp like Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, you know, okay. um, this like era of like early two thousands hard rock that a lot of people like make fun of now, maybe for good reason. Um, cause I don't think it's like, I don't think it's remembered as like good music, but I think it gave me community at first, you know? Um, and then, and then wrestling, strangely enough. So like just watching wrestling, hanging out with other people who also enjoyed watching wrestling. Um, that was like a really compelling kind of experience for me because my, the first friends I ever made, um, in Canada, the first people that ever came to my house, um, were, they came to my house because of wrestling. Um, and, um, and then later on, I spent a lot of time like writing wrestling fan fiction on the internet, you know, um, that's where I, that's where I spent my energy and time, you know, um, it's basically, you take the tools that you're given and you try to figure out a way through this new experience. It's like, okay, I don't speak the language. I don't know anyone here, but let's, let's go try to figure it out. Um, that's where it began, I would say. Excellent. And following high school, Queen's University, I yes. understand uh, philosophy and gender studies. Philosophy and gender studies. Tell me. Philosophy yeah. first. Um, and then in my, in my literally, I don't recommend that anybody do this, but I switched in my fifth year, which is a nuts time to change, uh, change majors. But I took a, took a gender studies class in my fourth year that was like um, gender and Islam. And it was incredible. It was genuinely like a life-changing course. And I thought, no, 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 this is an education. I should be doing this for my major. And I, and I started doing that. So um, I'm grateful that gender studies found me when it didn't. I got to ask, how, how does that lead you to CBC and, uh, and BuzzFeed? I mean, it's a humanities training, right? It's a humanities education. And like, at the core of humanities is a practice over and over again of taking ideas that are not necessarily um, obviously linked and then figuring out a way to make them connected, figuring out a way that says, like, this actually speaks to this other phenomenon, you know? Um, the ways that um, a conversation about... Um, Canadian national identity is also a conversation about colonialism. Like the, those things are so interlinked. Um, uh, the humanities education is about finding those connections and and maybe sharpening them and figuring out how you want to talk about them. And I would say like that's the same thing for news, right? Is like how do you take a story that's like here's one individual and something that happened to them, and you go, no, we got to zoom this out all the way to this is something that is happening on a national level, on a macro level, it's kind of global. Um, and I think the easier you, the, 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 the more robust your humanities training is, um, the easier the work of journalism and connecting ideas becomes. Excellent. And Son of Elsewhere. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit of, of, about that title. 
Uh, Son of Elsewhere is meant to represent this, um, this uh, let's say, division, if you will. This kind of feeling of being jostled back and forth. This, you know, I, uh, I, I, am, I was born in Sudan. I've lived in this country for 22 years. Um, what does it mean to call the place home? Is it there? Is it Sudan or is it here? And some days I feel a much closer proximity to there and some days I feel a much closer proximity to here. But all of that kind of, you know, depends on the day. And I think eventually I was like, I want, what I'd like to do is begin to own um, the in-between, begin to own whatever middle space exists between those two ends and um, want to give it shape, want to give it some kind of like emotional resonance, um, some kind of definition. And that's, uh, that's how I ended up with Elsewhere. Yeah, so uh, for me, like I am the product of that jostling, the product of that movement. Um, and I'm proud of that. I think it's okay to be kind of somewhere in the middle. And through this memoir, do you explore your roots in yourself? I do. I sort of begin um, by talking about Sudan and my relationship with blackness specifically because, you know, I came to this country and I've had this skin color my whole life, but I've never, you know, like in Sudan, I was not called black. I didn't see myself as a, as a black person. And then that changes when I come to this country and I sort of have, not only am I so, suddenly black, I also have to like figure out what that means. Like there's like a whole history, there's a whole sort of, you know, social context to being black in a place like North America. What does that mean? Um, and I explore that move, that move across different sides of the definition of blackness. Just exploration of identity is, is what someone who picks up this book is, is going to find. Yeah, I think identities like blackness, identities like immigrantness, identities like Muslimness, and how we are not necessarily that firmly rooted in like one definition of that identity, that it can change all the time, and, and that it's allowed to. Um, I think that's what you'll get. And with a significant helping of a lot of pop culture references because for me like pop culture is how I understand most of the world it's what I do for a living and so I find it not only easy but natural to gravitate towards um, pop culture as a lens great hey thank you so much for this conversation today my pleasure man thank you for coming out here to meet me I really appreciate it I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elamine Abdel Mahmoud now, before we wrap up this week on Citizen K, over the weekend, I was at the Calvin Park branch of the Kingston Frontenac Public Library for an event, Let's Chat, Conversations with Newcomer Youth, where youth from Immigrant Services Kingston had a chance to share their stories. I first spoke with someone who helps support the newcomer youth. Sophia Lima is child and youth care settlement worker with ISCA. Tell me a bit about what you do with Immigrant Services. So we... Um we try to help newcomers in any way they need it. So we uh, support families, uh, vulnerable families. Like it can be like just making like doctor's appointment, something that it can be simple for other person, but for our clients, there is the language barrier and we try to make it everything uh, accessible to them. And we deal with, uh, so we help with um, documents such as uh, immigration documents, such as PR cards, citizen, applications all that has to be with with our uh, documents and 
So yeah, so we provide a lot of supports to, to our newcomers. So my role is to be in charge of children and youth. Mm -hmm. So basically I just uh, run groups so for make social social connections. So and I also am a new like not like a newcomer, but I came here seven years ago. Oh, okay. From from where did you come from? From Mexico. Uh -huh. So and you know when I came here, I study high school in Beverage. Mm. So I came with really really long English, like my English was not even level one. Mm. So I guess I I have the experience and I know how hard it is for immigrants to to you know to to face those barriers. Mm -hmm. So and I decided to, you know, to to help immigrants as well. Well that's an inspiring story that um, you know you you came here and you sort of experienced some of those challenges of uh, learning a new language and not, maybe not knowing anybody when you you probably didn't know anybody when you arrived, right? No, I wasn't everything was new to me so I was uh, even dealing with the social connections, so it was hard because mm -hmm. there wasn't the language piece there. Mm -hmm. And I was part of ISCA, where I'm working right now. When mm -hmm. I came there, there uh, because we run three groups. So we run youth group, mm -hmm. children's group, and girls group. So I was part of the youth group when I came. So And then I got a job there mm -hmm. after I finished my, my career. So... You know, since I, 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 I receive a lot of support from ISCA and I discover, I navigate there my career. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know, I want to do this. I want to help other people as the way that it helped me. So That's fascinating. It helped you figure out what you wanted to do as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was like, I want, I think like this is for me. Like, yeah. you know, I want to be like, um, I want to be helpful for others. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, I also like share the same experience in them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just... I always um, empower immigrants to feel like, you know, the language piece is going to come by time, mm -hmm. but just feel like, you know, like just feel, um, what would it, uh, just feel, what was the word, like, embrace em your, Embrace. Embrace your yeah. culture, that you speak, a mm -hmm. you speak another language, mm -hmm. so, you know, just try to feel them that they, that English is going to come by time. What, what, what brought you to Canada in the first place? I came with my mom first to to do school to study, and then uh, my mom decided that it was a great thing for us to be mm. here, and then we decided to be here. Now let's hear directly from the newcomer youth. First, here's Sarah. I come from Indonesia to Canada to learn. I come to learn English. Really, I need to be all my life in here. To 18, really, like I, I was in Indonesia. It's it was hard life, and I, it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm from Iraq. I I born in Cyprus. Uh, my my dad from Iraq. My mom from Palestine. I ca I can speak English and more than language. Mm -hmm. And really, I come to Canada, Kingston, to learn English. I in I'm in Canada nine months. It's not far, but really, I know English and I know the school and friends. It's I'm happy in Canada. Was there certain challenges or struggles that you were um, witnessing or, or facing when you lived in Indonesia? It was hard in the language also. Yeah, it was really difficult in the money and it was everyday fighting, everyday like have a problem where I live. 
really it was difficult and the people there it's not very much helping and it was really bad in a school I was go to school two years I got in school from grade two to grade four and it was bad and no anyone there like love to friend with me and it was difficult I understand and so um, when did you come to Canada and, and what was it that brought you here 2021 oh just oh, so, so just last year then you've been here yeah. a little a little less than a year and, and w what was the reason that brought you here specifically yeah, it was in Indonesia bad mm. and I didn't live too many in Cyprus I'm just for you I come to Canada to learn mm. and have a new life where are you currently studying I study in Rideau Heights Excellent. What, what do you like most about living here? The, really the school. Oh, yeah, I love the school very much because the friends and the teacher, it's very helped me and it was the teacher in Indonesia, it's bad. But when I come to Canada, it's to help and anything I want help, she just give me the help and anything I wanted to give me. Now let's hear from Nadal. So Nadal, where did you originally uh, come from? I came from Egypt. From Egypt? Yeah. Wow. Um, definitely so much history and uh, to see there, I would imagine. Yeah, long history. How long have you have you lived here in uh, in Canada? Like months and six. I mean, year and six months. Excellent. And um, tell me a little bit about about um, your experiences in Egypt. Actually, for me, Egypt was so good. Mm -hmm. Like, and I like it and everything. But the only problem I I used to not be free because my dad used to have problems with the government. So they put us in a problem as well. Okay, so um, w it was that part of the reason why you came to Canada? Yeah. Like we like the life and we're good, but only the government, like don't really leave us alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. And um, so you've been here about a year and a half now, year six months. And um, so how, how, how do you feel about your time in Canada, in Kingston so far? Actually, my first year, I didn't really like it. Like I was always telling my mom, we should go back. Mm -hmm. But now like it's better for high school. High school is more better. And now I can see my future. I want to be a doctor. I used to say, I'm the only kid who never think to be a doctor, but now I want to be a doctor. So that this is definitely the path that your you, your goal is to become a doctor here in Canada. Yeah, that's the only goal. But what is it uh, about being a doctor that speaks to you that makes you want, want to follow that road? In my country, we don't have that good do uh, doctors, mm -hmm. so it's part of my goal to go back to my own country. I'm from Sudan, so. Okay, so you're, you're originally from Sudan, yeah. then you moved to Egypt, yeah. and then you came to Canada. Yes. Okay, wow, so you've definitely traveled a lot. Was English your first language? No. Oh. I good. speak like the Nubian language. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's my first language. I'm from a village called Fanda, mm -hmm. so we speak the Nubian language. And that's about all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K airs Tuesdays at 5 here on CFRC 101.9 FM, streaming online at cfrc.ca and podcasting through Spotify and iTunes. If you want to keep up with more local news, be sure to catch daily news briefs every weekday at 8 a.m. and tune into The Stroop Mondays at 4.30. 
Now, perhaps you have a news tip or maybe a cool project you're working on, maybe a unique perspective to share on something going on in the news. Well, I'd love to connect with you. Please send me an email, news at cfrc.ca, and you could be on The Stoop or here on Citizen K. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna.